Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co-founder of Ignite DA. So glad you joined us. No matter where you found this podcast, we are thrilled to have you as a part of our audience today as we talk to Tina Clark, RDH. Hey, Tina, how are you? Hey, good. How are you today? I am good. I'm so glad you're on with us today, and I'd love for our audience to know a little bit more about you, if that's all right. Absolutely. Well, as you said, my name's Tina. I'm a hygienist. I've been a hygienist for over 20 years. I still practice clinically, and I'm also a professional educator. I teach hygiene students and oral health care professionals doing continued education courses. And my passion over the last few years, my go-to knowledge has been all about the world of anesthesia. And um, I, it just fills my heart to be able to talk about it and uh, and all things dental related. But that one just that one just kind of stuck me, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> I like the word your choice there. I like yeah. that. So, so we're going to talk about anesthesia and assistance in just a moment, but I want to know where did this passion come from? How did you embrace it? Right. Well, as I said, I'm, I am a dental hygiene educator. And when I started teaching, um, you know, I taught all things clinical, everything hands-on. That was my, my task. And um, when it came time to do the local anesthesia portion for these hygiene students, um, I myself was a little nervous to teach it to them, and they were very, very nervous. And so that very first time I was working with them, we kind of worked all together, and it and it developed into a, a passion of like, how can I help these these students? be more confident and reduce their anxiety going through that. So I really dove into the topic and then it became um, a broader circle. People outside of the school started coming and asking me questions and fellow educators started asking me questions about it. And that's just kind of how it had blossomed really from that. Very cool. Well, and, and obviously anesthesia is such an important part of what we do, uh, whether it's local or whether it's overall, but I'm curious, uh, you know, you talk about people being nervous. Is it giving the shot or what is it that makes people the most nervous and how do you get them past that? Right. Well, of course, there, there's the needle phobia part of it and um, the actual like sticking a sharp pokey thing in someone's face is scary. Right? It's true. It really is. <laughs> it's um, true. But also like knowing like, did I did I place the topical in the right spot? Um, am I putting the needle in the right spot? And what is the right injection that I need to do for the patient uh, for this procedure? How much anesthetic do I need to give? You know, and like, what happens if it doesn't take, or what happens if my patient jumps, or all those types of things? All of the unknowns. Those are those are the the, the anxiety-inducing moments. And I know for my 78-year-old diabetic mother versus my 23-year-old very healthy daughter, things are different, obviously. And so I know that there's so much homework that needs to be done ahead of time. Is that through somebody like you who's a, uh, who specializes in this or how's the best way for people to actually learn and, and get confident? Well, yes, of course, you you know, education, knowledge is power, right? And the more we know, the more we grow, uh, the more we have that confidence to effectively care for our patients. Um, understanding our patient's health history, understanding pharmacology. I know you have a lot of great guests on, on this that talk about those types of things. And so like, I encourage everybody to go back and, and review some of your past guests because I know I learn every time, you know, some of the guests that you have on. So um, it really does help. And then sometimes, you know, you just have to go ahead and dip your toe in the water or jump in the deep end yeah. and just do it. You just have to do it. 
And, and I love that confidence side because I think so often we are often our biggest hurdles to that next step. Correct. Right. Yeah. 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 We, we let, we let fear have a little bit more of a voice than it should. And, and I think, you know, for assistants who have that great relationship with their patients to be able to let them know that they're going to take care of them. They're going to make sure that they're safe. They are knowledgeable in this and to really have that confidence in it. I think that that's really important when you're talking to the patient about a procedure. And, you know, and I, Kevin, I think you're so right on on spot with that is, uh, especially with our dental assistants who are always right there anytime the patient is getting anesthetized. They're doing all of the prep work. And then after the patient's numb, they're the ones sitting with the patient afterwards. So dealing with um, helping the patient understand the process, uh, getting them prepared. And then afterwards, they're probably going to be the ones that are right there if something you know, questionable starts to happen if the patient starts having maybe a little anxiety attack or starts having a syncopal event, you know, it's going to be the dental assistant more than likely that's going to be the first line of defense that's going to start saying, okay, what do we need to do? And what's the game action plan to start things off? And I love that you said that because that was that was a point I was going to get to is the fact that we do need to not obviously know what we're doing in a perfect scenario, but if something goes sideways as well, and having those uh, those moments of clarity from education, I think is so important for every assistant. It really is, and and, and I think that the assistants can also help with that communication with the doctors. With you know, okay, so doc, you know, what anesthetic are we going to be doing? Here's the patient's health history. Um, you know, should X, Y, or Z? You know, if a syncopal event starts to happen, what do you want my first step to be? And and really having that team camaraderie going through the whole process. It's it's yeah, I, I don't I I think dental assistants are like the backbone of the dental office and they don't get enough credit. So no, I could no just go on and on. Hey. <laughs> no <laughs> argument here at all. You know, but but you hit on such a key point. It's that communication, everybody being in lockstep all the way through the process. And and I think so often assistants worry about that with the hygienist or worry about what, that with the dentist. And I think sometimes it's just asking the questions about what do we need to do to be prepared or what do you expect from me? I think that's important. Yeah, for sure. You know, clear expectations. You know, everybody has a role and understanding your role, but still being able to have that global conversation. You know, not everybody is kind of like flying an airplane. Not everybody can be a pilot. You have to have, you know, you have to have your flight attendants. You have to have the direction crew that's, you know, guiding the plane in and out. So everybody has their role and and it only happens if, if communication is going on. And I know so much changed during COVID with dental practice being shut down, us being unable to learn things. Did you find that people were really hungry to learn about more about anesthesia after things opened back up? Or was there even a slowdown in the education process during that COVID time? Well, you know, Kevin, I think a lot of it, um, it was, there was hunger for education in general. I think more people had some time where they're like, oh, now I can start soaking things in. Um, and then it was the, how is that information going to come? Right. Because we couldn't do in-person events. So, you know, how do we, how do we capitalize on the technology that we have and making the shift towards that? And, but uh, anytime there is that downtime, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity to soak that information up. 
And I know that you're currently working on a course for Ignite DDS University on this. And I, I can't wait to see it because I think it's going to be such a great tool and such a great opportunity. I wonder if you might just give us a little sneak peek into that and maybe some of the really important lessons that you're going to hammer home for assistance. During yeah, <clears throat> and I'm really excited because we do. We start that filming tomorrow. Um, it's going to be really a course focused for dental assistants on uh, how to support the clinicians providing the anesthesia and support the patients going through the process. So the um, it's going to focus on like the armamentarium, like just basic understanding of the syringe and the needle, um, even like the dentapen, those types of things to uh, managing that. Um, injections, uh, reviewing all the different injections, what teeth they anesthetize, where to place the topical, and what does that injection even look like? And then finally, we talk about like the patient management side, doing a health history review, um, complications that could happen, and how do you handle that? Like, for example, if a patient has a hematoma immediately following an injection, what do we need to do about that, and how do you handle it? So uh, it's, it's a, a nice comprehensive overview of, of that whole entire process. I can't wait to see that course. I think that's going to help so many assistants. And obviously, every state is different when it comes to what assistants can or cannot do. Or, you know, So we want to make sure everybody checks their state laws. DMB.org is a great resource for that to find out exactly. You know, And, and I know you've worked with assistants throughout, throughout the country, I'm sure. How, how do you balance making sure what they want to do is also what they can legally do as well, finding that balance in there? Um, that is a great question. The, you know, as you said, you know, you have to go and talk with and look at the state practice act to see what is allowed. And, you know, like I'm in Oregon where we have a very broad practice act, you know, dental assistants can go through education and actually place restorations in the state. Right. Um, so, you know, that's very, very different than say maybe Florida, uh, which has a completely different process. Um, and then you have on the job train versus did you actually go through a, a, a university or a college setting? So, you know, really looking at what is the, uh, what are the letters after the dental assistant's name? Um, do they have, do they have all of those, you know, the expanded functions and radiology and all those different kinds of things. So, you know, knowing what their credentials are, looking at the state practice act, and then, uh, then continuing on with the communication of what does the overseeing supervisor, you know, depending on the practice, it could be the dentist more than likely, but even in some areas, it's a hygienist, that it could be the immediate supervisor for that dental assistant on what is um, not only allowed for the state, but then what, do, what, do, what does that practitioner feel comfortable with as far as the supervisory level as well? And, and such great points. And and one thing that I, I love about dental assistants, you know, there's such a need right now uh, all over the place, but still that doesn't mean that you should coast. It's, it's having that knowledge, having that education going into, if you are looking for a new job, being confident in something like this and really being able to show your stuff, I think is so important when you go in for that, that job interview. Yes. And, and being able to back up saying, Hey, I've had courses on this information and I, and I, here's the certificate of the, the completion of that. So you can even show that you've had that information. And even if you're like, you know, I don't even want to do clinical chair side dental assisting anymore. I maybe want to transition into front office or doing something else. You know, you're always going to have a conversation with a patient. You're always going to have conversations with other people on the team and being able to have an intelligent 
uh, thought-provoking and scientific conversation, you know, at the same level with everybody, it just elevates the whole entire office. And last question I'm going to throw at you. I, I know that there, we have some assistants who listen to this podcast that have been doing this 10, 20, 30 years. They are your veteran assistants. We so appreciate them. But it's also still important for them to keep up with any kind of changes that might come along with anesthesia or anything else, correct? Right. And, and you know, and sometimes, you know, you know, I like I said, I've been doing this for over 20 years in the hygiene world. And there are things that I once learned that I forgot that I learned. And so being able to say, oh, yeah, that's right. Or, you know, maybe, you know, you've been doing this for such a long time and and the doctor that you're working with only does like a couple of injections on a regular basis. But every once in a while might might have to, you know, dig back deep and, and, and throw something else in, different in there because of the way that the patient is reacting or certain concerns, you know, being able to say, oh, that's right. I remember learning that or I just had a refresher on that information. And now I know what exactly the, you know, the doctor or the hygienist, the clinician providing the anesthesia is going to need uh, for that particular patient or the patient is presenting with these types of issues in their health history. Now I know how to, how to help them go through the process. Love that. Absolutely. Knowledge is power. You know, I think we heard that at Schoolhouse Rock and it still uh, still applies today for sure. So, so Tina, we always ask our guests if there's a way that our, our audience can get a hold of you, ask more questions, learn more about you. What would you like to share with our audience about that? Well, absolutely. Um, you can always find me on Instagram and Facebook. It's Teacher Tina RDH, um, you know, and you can search that way. Uh, you can always go. I have a website, which is Teacher Tina RDH as well. And, um, and you can connect up with me through that way and, and you can send me questions and, and, uh, I'm always, I love it when people ask me questions. I love it. I love it. Love it because uh, it helps me learn and grow because, you know, there's just so much information out there that I don't even think of like, oh, I didn't think about that question. That's thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> You know, we always say at Ignite, together we rise. And, and that's what it's all about is learning from each other. So I, I so appreciate you being on today. And seriously, I cannot wait to see that course on Ignite DDS University. I think it is scheduled for a fall launch. Uh, and I think that'll be such a great part of, of what we're doing at Ignite DDS University. Thank you, Kevin. I'm excited too. And thanks to all of you for listening to this episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast. And just want to drop a quick reminder that we will be at the ADA annual session in Houston in mid-October. We will be part of their podcast section. So dental assistants, we want to encourage you. If you're going to be in the Lone Star State, we want to see you there. We're going to be doing some live podcasts. We want to make sure that you have an opportunity to have your voice heard in the Lone Star State. So make sure you check out ADA.org to learn more about SmileCon. But until next time here on the Dental Assistant Nation podcast, this is Kevin Henry signing off. And as I said a few moments ago, we believe so strongly at Ignite that together we rise.